That was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful performance, worship by Carmen. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, what it makes me think of everybody, there are people here. I know Sandy remembers. Uh, and this and this came to me today. There was a guy, Sandy, you remember Joseph. And I'm not talking about Joseph in the Bible. Well, it was kind of a Joseph story. This guy was on our meeting. He was homeless. He was driving a Uber. I know a few of you here. I know Stephanie was on too. Maybe Andrea. Um, but some of the old timers from the meeting. Anyway, he was homeless. He had an idea about detergent. Some guys got in his Uber and started to talk, started to speak to this guy. And this idea just came out. And Sanyeze will testify. And essentially, within the week, this guy was a multimillionaire. Within the week. Within that same week. I say this for the simple reason being, it doesn't matter where you are right now. What matters is what you decide to trust in right now. That's what matters. If you're going to keep trusting in yourself, well, you know, all I can say is you're going to stay there. But if you put your trust in God, and Joseph essentially was living in one of those motels, and it just all happened for him. I mean, Tide were trying to buy him. I mean, there was just, I mean, so many things going on. He had this office. I mean, really, he called me up one day. Oh, guess where I am? Oh, I'm in Texas. I'm about to go to California. Well, thank you for everything that you did. It's not me. It's God. He decided to shift his focus. You know, he'd been going around and around in circles. He was coming on and he said to me, oh, the business is so busy. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to keep coming. I said, listen, hey, do what you got to do. Just don't forget about God. So we're also praying that Carmen's life will have a miracle because this woman has got world-class talent. It's just waiting to happen. So it all depends on where you put your faith, but you continue putting faith in self round and around. Going to talk about these young men who trusted in God and did not trust in an idol. Daniel 3, verse 13. So this is what's happened now, just to give you some context. Nebuchadnezzar has uh, destroyed Jerusalem and he's taken all of um, the inhabitants of Jerusalem captive, right? Nebuchadnezzar is the Babylonian king, so they're all in Babylon. Now, Daniel, Ezekiel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and Nebuchadnezzar as this big narcissistic king makes this golden image that he wants everybody to worship. 
it's come to his attention that three of them, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, will not worship, will not worship, will not fall down to this king. Here's the faith that they have. They have been taken captive, right? They have been taken captive by this pagan king, right? God has allowed it, but they still are trusting in God, really. You know what trust is? Trust is not going by circumstances. Trust is not going by senses. If you're going by your senses, you're still trusting in yourself. Don't get me wrong. It's not that God doesn't make sense. It's just that God's beyond the senses. You're limited. And if you don't know that, then you need to put that pride aside. You are limited, really. And you'll stay stunted if you don't trust in something bigger than yourself. So I'm going to pick it up from verse 13 in chapter 3. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then these men were brought before the king, Nebuchadnezzar, responded and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not, that you do not serve my gods? or worship the gold image that I have set up. <clears throat> now, if you are ready at the moment, you hear the sound of the horn flute, lyra, uh, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made very well. So he's giving them a chance now um, to... Um, um, to um, uh, Recant is what they believe and fall down and worship him. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Here's the thing that we have to remember is, and I, I keep saying it, is this, is that serving God does not mean you won't have adversity does not mean you won't have financial problems, you won't have physical problems. In fact, actually, serving God, God will make sure he engineers it so you do have problems. <laughs> really. It's, under, it's important that you understand this, right? Because you know how the enemy comes to people's minds and gets people to fall away because they've got these expectations. Oh, Xanadu. Yo, Xanadu, who was it? Olivia Newton-John, I think, who sang that song, Xanadu. No, there is no Xanadu. There is no utopia. That's heaven, not here on earth. But by trust, you can have that utopian ideal. You do not have to track your mood to your circumstances. Just as Carolyn was saying, this woman was praising, worshiping God, really, and not, not being, uh, being whole, really, not being whole in health, but was still praising God. You know why with God, believing is seeing. In the world, seeing is believing. That's the world. But believing 
is seeing. Really. So you've got to start believing first. You don't track your faith to circumstances. In fact, actually, if you think about it, that's an oxymoron because you don't need faith if you're just looking at circumstances. Faith is required, right, to take you over the bridge, the Grand Canyon. Your faith takes you over there to get to the other side. If you're already on the other side, you don't need faith. And that's why faith is the substance of things hoped for. I don't hope for something I've got. I already got it. Why do I need hope? No, no. Faith brings that thing that you are hoping for into manifestation. Then so look in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is letting, they are letting him know, we don't serve you. We don't serve the God of politics. We don't serve the God of sports. We don't serve money. We don't serve the, the God of uh, taxes, whatever. We do not serve you. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire. So even though this man is in charge, even though this man is in charge, they are still pouring their faith in their God. God is still there, even though they are in bondage to this man. These people are not really in bondage. They're in physical bondage, yes, but they're not in emotional or spiritual bondage because you can be free physically and still be in emotional and spiritual bondage, really. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Listen to this now. But even if he does not, I love this. Even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then, then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath because this guy thinks he's God. And his facial expression was altered towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He answered by giving orders to heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. He commanded certain valiant warriors who were in his army, tie up Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in order to cast them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then those men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their caps and their other clothes and were cast into the midst of the furnace blazing fire listen to this for this reason because the king's command was urgent and the furnace had been made extremely hot the flame of the fire slew those men who even carried meshach shadrach and abednego but these three men uh, shadrach meshach and abednego fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire still tied up it's god's protection that even though the furnace was burning people up that were putting these men into the furnace, they were still protected. God protects us 
from the circumstance of a, you know how many times I could have been dead. God even protected me from myself when I tried to kill myself. And if you would have seen how that happened, it was a day I was released from the mental hospital. Day I was released from the mental hospital and I was taken right back to the mental hospital. This person was panicking and blood was all over the car, right back to the mental hospital. Butler Mental Hospital. Oh no, he has to go to the hospital. I know what they were trying to do in hindsight is try to actually rid themselves of all liability. I never, ever, ever would have made it to the mental hospital, to the uh, medical hospital, never without dying. And I could feel, I could feel my life for, it's a scary thing. Boom, 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 just going down. Guess what was right there at Butler Mental Hospital? EMTs. EMTs were right there. You're silly. Anybody is silly. They think, oh, that was just an accident. They were right there. Never would have made it. They stabilized me right there. And then I boom, 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 boom. Started going back up again. There's something, there's a life force inside of you. You know when you're dying. Trust me, you know when you are dying. God engineered the circumstances, really. It felt like David, whoa, if I go down to hell, you are there, where can I go and get away from you? God protects you even from yourself. Many of us could have died. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king was astounded and stood up in haste. He said to his high officials, was it not three men we cast bound into the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men loose and walking about in the midst of the fire with our arm and the appearance of the fort is like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door, the first of blazing fire, response said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out, you servants of the most high God, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. The satraps, the prefects, and the governor, the king's high officials gathered around and saw in regard to these men that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men, nor was the hair of, the, of their head singed, nor were their trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. Many times, God has to take you to the edge for you to trust in God. Trust is a choice, really. Trust is a choice. You're gonna trust in yourself. You're in bondage already. You are in bondage. You can never ever be happy trusting in yourself. I'm telling you, never ever be happy. You can never ever create a life for yourself, trusting in yourself. You have to trust in God and God's purpose. Really, it sets you free. It sets you free. And when I try to help myself, people are like, Robert, you've got it, mate. You've got everything you could ever want, making money. And over, and I told people, that's 
That is so silly. If you think that that makes your life, then you really don't know what life is about. Really. The wealthiest people on the planet commit suicide because they understand, here's the thing. They are at the top now and they're still so empty. Poor people, very few poor people commit, that, commit suicide because they're still under the illusion. It's great when I get everything. But the thing that you need is God's scripture says that God's blessings makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. He adds no sorrow to it. It's all about trust, really. It's all about trust. What are you going to trust in? Your circumstances. You shouldn't trust in your circumstances when they're good or when they're bad. You should trust in God. That's the problem. People get lulled into this false sense of uh, delusion because it is a delusion, because your circumstance could be good one minute and bad the next minute. You can be bathing, sunbathing on the sand one minute, and then you're smashed on the rocks the next minute. The only way to truly, truly live the life that you are supposed, that you are supposed to live is to trust in God. I remember Joseph. I went to, oh, I'd lost all faith. Robert. Oh, yeah. You know, he started truly trusting in God. Let go and look how his life changed. I'm talking about rags to riches, really. Rags to riches. We were all here. His life changed dramatically. He was saying, I don't know how to handle it. He went from nothing to everything overnight. God can do that. Look at Joseph. Look at Joseph. How Joseph went to the palace. You know, Nelson Mandela was a kind of Joseph. Who have you ever heard of in America going to the White House from prison? Who have you heard of going to the White House from prison? We were almost like Nelson Mandela did. Nelson Mandela did as a first black. God can do anything and everything. You know what Nelson Mandela took? He learned to trust while he was in prison. Joseph learned to trust while he was in prison. If you have some kind of affliction now, financial, like that Joseph driving around the Uber, he was, oh, you know, uh, at one time I was so depressed driving Uber, not thinking of my life with Jay, and he was coming on this meeting and he learned to trust. And overnight, as I said, there's some of you are here that heard the testimony. You know, I know Sandy is here, Stephanie, I believe, Andrea, and maybe some more. But we heard Joseph's testimony. He started to trust, and his life changed. And his life had been going around and around and around. And the way that that conversation came out, these guys, oh, you know, uh, tell us about it. Joseph just started to, wow, that's great. They called him the, the next day and the rest is history. The rest is history. It's time now, if you haven't trusted, to truly trust in God. We're going to do some prayer points before we 
um, before I do the uh, Karen call and hand it back over to Sandy. The first prayer point, Lord God, give me the grace to take that leap of faith. Give me the grace to take trust out of myself and take that leap of faith. You know, Soren Kierkegaard, a brilliant, brilliant Swedish um, existential philosopher and theologian said, it's this leap of faith that you take, it's real, it's real. It's taking, it's saying everything out of me and everything in him. It's about living for a power above yourself. It's about living within the correct order now, living according to the power of the creator. So it's Lord God, give me the grace to take trust out of myself and put trust in you. The targets changed to take trust out of myself and put trust in you, Lord God. Give me the grace, enable me. If you wanna continue to trust in yourself, don't pray this prayer, of course, but give me the grace to take trust out of self. Take me out of bondage and set me free by putting trust in you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Father, we just praise your holy name. Father, we pray that you would give me the grace to take trust out of self and put trust in you, Lord God. I want to change my target, really. I want to change my target, Lord God, and I want my target to be you. I just thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord God change my life let everybody see i serve the living god nobody's impressed with anybody's life to trust in themselves so what so what but when look at them coming out of the furnace right nobody's impressed the people who trusted right in this golden effigy were the people who were burned up people are, so what they got burned up Nothing extraordinary about their lives. But you know what? Here's what God does. God, when you trust in God, God takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things to ordinary people and gets glory to himself. Really? This is what you want? Pray this prayer. Lord God, let me be one of your extraordinary people, Lord God. I want to do great exploits through your power, Lord God. I'm sick of going around and around in circles. I want to have lift off with my life, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Father, we praise your holy name. Father, I pray, Lord God, Jesus Christ, that you would give me the grace, Lord God, to do extraordinary, extraordinary things for your glory, Lord God. I am an ordinary person, but with your power, with your anointing, I know I can do 
extraordinary things, Lord God. I will withstand being burned up in the furnace, Lord God. Nothing will overcome me, Father, because of your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is the caring call. It's, um, I'm pleased. You know what? Have you trusted? Don't just go every day. If you haven't truly trusted in God, if you haven't truly made a commitment to God, make it, please, make it now. It would be, it would almost like somebody starving to death in a grocery store, really. It would almost be like someone starving to death in a grocery store. If you get have the opportunity to put trust in God, do it. Don't say, oh, yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, my own way, I did that. Once again, that's still trusting in yourself. Anyone that calls on the name of the Lord, really, there's a way God wants you to do things. You're not God. This man thought he was God, right? Put your trust in God. So I'm going to say the caring call. Please, if you don't know the Lord or you're unsure of knowing it, you think you know him in your way. I've had so many people, oh, yeah, I do. And they come to find out, no, they don't. Please say this prayer with me. Father Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you shed your precious blood so that I might be saved. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I know I trust, Father, Lord God, in calling on you right now, Lord God, that your blood will save me and your blood, Father, Lord God, will help change me, Lord God. I am trusting in you. I am taking faith out of self. I'm putting it in you. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen.